You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities. David, there's a lot going on. There's nothing you can really say mm. is earth-shattering, but there's little niggly things. You know what I mean? The, the German um, elections, uh, which is important for Europe and the euro, obviously, and the German economy, which is Europe's biggest economy. You've got the debt ceiling problems this week in the United States of America. There's all sorts of things. You've got to, you've got to pass the debt ceiling or increase the debt ceiling or abolish it. And you've also got to pass the infrastructure spend thing. Infrastructure, yeah. yeah that, that, that's good. And then the other thing that is, is a little bit dis- disturbing, I know, before we get to the, the most disturbing things, I mean, in the UK, there's no petrol in the major urban centres. <laughs> I mean, how stupid, what is that? People are, people are, having, are, are queuing up and they're, and they're taking, they're taking um, cans and filling up with cans. So there's plenty of petrol around. I don't just, understand this mentality. Yeah. We haven't got truck drivers. Well, there's 100,000. They say there's 100,000 uh, vacancies for truck drivers in the UK. Um, yeah, because they normally come from Europe yes, <laughs> and exactly. drive trucks. Uh, so <laughs> so I, this is a common problem that you're going to find in nations that restrict um, immigration. Yes. You know, I, I, I would imagine in America it's one of the reasons you can't find waiters or people to deliver pizzas at 2 o'clock in the morning. Because of that very issue, they're not the kind of jobs that American want, or or that uh, the UK taps want. You know, you go sit in the, you go to London and sit on the side of the road and look at the labourers. Uh, many of them have come from. I don't think, uh, you know, a few of them might come from from England. A lot probably Ireland or Scotland or outside. I don't know, but a lot come from Europe. You know, or speaking with with uh, Eastern European accents or or look like that. You know, so you need you you need to attract outsiders to do those jobs. Two years ago, David, um, or actually a, a year ago, mm. I, was, I was in London. I went to a couple of West End pubs, as you do, and. Mm. Um, no, there wasn't an English person. I mean, the, the landlord may have been mm. English, or yeah. the landlady may have been English, but uh, everyone was um, mainly Polish, actually, mainly yes. Polish people, and very efficient yeah. and very friendly. And everything. Yeah. but there weren't any English people. Like I used to work in a pub when I was a student, but there weren't any young English boys and girls doing it. No. Can you imagine if 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 you con- if you restricted the the uh, inflow of soccer players? Football players. Yes. What 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 Man City would look like, or uh, any other teams. I mean, so that's what businesses look like. You know, that's the same thing. That's a good analogy, you know, actually. I must remember that. Hey, I'll, I'll steal no, it seriously. from you. No, I'll steal it from you. Hey, you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's you know I, I often I always keep my eyes open when I go to New York. Yes. And I look and I see who the chaps are sweeping the tree. You know, doing all the hard menial jobs because they want to work. Yeah. Even the, even the ladies that come and clean your apartments are from all foreigners, yes. you know, either from South America or Eastern Europe or wherever. I'm not, I, you know, I've got respect for them because I think uh, most of my ancestors or most of my, uh, you know, grandparents or great grandparents would have done the same thing. Yeah, when they came to South Africa, that's how they built themselves up and saved money and then sent their kids. You know, and they celebrate. Those people today celebrate when they, when uh, you know, one of their offspring finally go to varsity and uh, earn a degree. And yeah. That's how development takes. Place. So I don't know. I just think it's it's absolute nonsense that you keep you know keep people out, especially in those jobs. That's who don't you know 
So anyway, that's 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 my reason. So you haven't got truck drivers in England, and also <laughs> the English have behaved badly with the with the queuing and the um and the the, the stock okay. stockpiling and everything. Yeah, it, it'll all be mm-hmm. it'll, it'll all be over in a few weeks I'll because sort it uh, yeah. uh, you know you get paid a decent amount to be a, an HGV mm-hmm. driver, heavy goods vehicle driver mm-hmm. in the UK. There's something like seventy eighty thousand pounds a year. Which is in the, when I used to work in London would have been like a banker's salary, but seventy seventy thousand pounds you can live on that. Yeah, I must tell you a lovely story, and and I haven't been to Australia for two years, uh, simply because of lockdown, and I can't get there. But my son was explaining to me the uh, what, what what do you call him? The rubbish men, you know, the garbage men, the garbage yes. people who who drive the trucks. Apparently, it's handed down from one to another, you know, from father to son and so on. It's kept within the family because they're very well paid. Yes. And it's a quick job. You do your job within a few hours. You drive around the streets, collect what you have to do, which is all automatic because arms go out and collect the bin, shove it in, etc. But there's no shame in these people doing it. And apparently, it's a very sought-after position simply because it's high pay and low hours. So... I was saying it's, it's rather odd that you've got people who want to be, you know, garbage men. But, I mean, those, those things are, um, you know, I'm saying so you need, you need a certain, uh, what would the word, uh, not a subculture, but you need certain people who want to do these, who want to work up, who want to save, and, and, and you have to open it up to, um, you know, to, to people who want to do it. If you advertise it, they're not going to come. There was so, an, I, anyway, I, I'm getting a bit confused in my thinking, but I'm saying, no, I, I, I just say open, open the borders. Exactly. Let people in to do those jobs. Exactly. There's got to be a certain amount of screening, you know, when it comes to mm. your, you know, your history and your, your police record and all that sort of thing. Yes. But on the other hand, yeah, let them back in. I mean, for example, in the UK, in the, in the, in the Garden of England, so-called, the, the county of Kent, where they grow strawberries mm-hmm. and all those sort of things. This guy's, it's got this huge field of, of strawberries. So I'm just going to have to let people come in and, and pick their own because there's nobody mm. to pick the blasted berries. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. the other one Not thing be- me, before you know. we before we go I'm on to too more... high class, you know, I've got an Oxford accent. I can't pick strawberries. It's certainly no. not. No, no. <laughs> Especially it's when I'm on furlough as well. <laughs> when there's benefits, why would I pick strawberries? Um, yeah. And just the lo- the one thing, the, the last thing was all to do with the restaurant business, the hospitality mm. business. It's the same in the mm. Netherlands. People haven't come back to their jobs. Uh, so a friend of mine is is doing the work that nobody else would have done six months ago, apart from you know. A, um, a student or, or someone from Eastern Europe, as you said. And now she's got to do all this herself, even though she's a, quite a senior manager. But there's this Italian chap who opened his first restaurant in the UK in the 1950s. He said, in those days, post-war, people would pay £10 a week to him mm-hmm. in order to get a job as a waiter because of the tips. And they were talking about the, t- the tipping culture and how mm-hmm. uh, with, with, uh, with a cashless society, mm-hmm. it wasn't quite the same as it used to be. But he said, you just can't find anyone to wait at table anymore. They just don't yeah. want to do it, these people. Anyway. I, I bring outsiders in or bring students in. They will. Mm. They'll do it. You know, I, and uh, and uh, absolutely, I think the whole America is run by students who do it, and one of the reasons is that they they get these big bills at university. They can't afford varsity. I was staggered. Uh, university in the United States was uh, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, 
uh, maybe some for, uh, slightly lower. Mm. And the problem is that many middle-class families can't afford it, so the kids go out and get loans, and they have to repay. And the only way they can pay for their studies is to work hard, you know, double shifts. It also explains why people go to probably uh, Goldman Sachs and take those kind of jobs because of the high pay that they can pay down their loans. You know, it's uh, so that's why you get it in in the U.S. and they're they're the tips of twenty percent. But I mean, how many? Uh, listen, once we go into the waiters, uh, would you go to a restaurant with the English chef? I mean, maybe Ramsay or uh, Jamie Oliver or something like this. But but I mean, I I don't think I've ever been to a a restaurant in the UK or even in America where the chef is uh, American or or uh, English. Well, the person that owns the <laughs> place is usually outside. The person that owns, yeah, exactly. owns the place is is, is English, mm. but, but on the other hand, they have a whole team around them, and yeah, yeah. And the chefs are all imported. Mm. Yes, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, very good. Okay, David. <laughs> the other thing I was going to talk to you about what is that you've, you've 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 gone off a tangent again. Oh, Deutsche Bank saying that the supply chain situation is going to become messy. Yes. They can Came yeah. up with that. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah. And the other thing, look at my mm. screen now, David Shapiro. Brent crude oil, seventy nine dollars yeah. and eighty seven cents yeah. a barrel, yeah. up two point three percent. Natural gas prices. I don't know. It's yeah. in BTUs or something. It's up six and two thirds percent. These prices are now eating into the economy and mm. eating mm. into people's uh, wage packets and also. Mm. Uh, obviously the bond market. I mean, the, the U.S. bond market, the 10-year was 1.15% maybe five, mm, six mm. months ago. It's now 1.50%. Mm, you know, it's homing in on that high that we saw recently of 1.75. So I've still got a hope. Yeah. I've still got a hope with my bet with you. Just a, a very faint no, hope. No, no, no. Not going to happen. You can say if no as much said, as you like. No, no. If you would have said mm. tapering, that's a different story. If you're going to say interest rates, no. Nah. So I, I think what what is interesting and is that um, the U.S. economy is now strong enough where you don't need to push liquidity into the market. You don't have to create more cash. It's creating cash because of growth. You know, they uh, earlier on the bond program was to put money in because there wasn't growth. Growth has come back. Um, what you can't do now, I think that, that the Fed will not raise rates because they've got, number one, that they're worried about, I mean, inflation is an issue. They're going to watch it very carefully. Yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong, hey, because I'll, I'll just talk to you in, in, in another sec. I'll give you an example, which I think is very relevant. Uh, but, but also they have to restore full employment, you know, and, and I think Powell's committed to saying we are not going to raise rates or won't do anything until we're back to full employment. And you might start to see that happening. So, but, but the view is that if interest rate hikes won't take place until 2023. Um, tapering will be complete by the first quarter of next year. In other words, withdrawing it by I don't know how many billion dollars a month. But I want to tell you which, which is, the press this weekend, the financial press, was just full of examples of what you're saying, supply chain issues. And the one which is important and we know all about is Nike, you know, who came out with some guidance last week about how difficult it is. And they cited Vietnam. They can't get the stuff out of Vietnam. You know, mm -hmm. that's where the shoes are made or, or a significant amount. And, of course, once you can't get, uh, once you can't get stock into the shop, you can't sell them. 
So there is, there are issues, and then there is a fight for, uh, um, you know, uh, um, for supply. So people will pay up for supply. So I think we're going through a difficult period. You know, I'm not, I'm not countering you on the inflation side. Whether it sticks or not, I don't know, and I don't know this natural gas story. I mean that that there should suddenly be a scarcity of gas, which I know the you know the earth produces in abundance, or which you you can just tap a hole and the stuff comes out. So <laughs> there are other issues there in place which I don't you know which I don't quite understand why it should be going. Maybe, why, why maybe, China maybe it's be, Putin. Mm. Maybe it's Putin uh, holding the, the West mm. to ransom because he, he, it, all come, be. it all comes from there and it, it goes he's across in a pipeline via the Ukraine. He right. just says, just turn it off for a few weeks and let's yeah, see what these... Yeah, slow it down. See, yeah. what, see what goes on, yeah, exactly. Yeah, slow it down. Again. Mm. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's an issue. You know, we've got these issues and, and you, you're certainly paying up for it. You know, you gave the example of just... Uh, Bringing some, you know, your bed from Joburg, from from Cape Town, you know, from a Cape Town warehouse oh. to to wherever you are, or no whatever idea. else you had. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Changes no. the rules change every no. day. I don't know when this is this. No, no. My personal effects are going to be on a on a, a no. uh, what is it no, called? No. A ship. No, no idea, boat, whatever it is. <laughs> whatever it is. Um, the other thing is talking about ships. I mean, just last week, outside of the port of Los, the ports of Los Angeles I and Long Beach, sixty-five, sixty-five fully laden container ships waiting to disgorge that. their loads. I mean, this is stuff that people um, are waiting for. So they must go mm. somewhere else and say, "Well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll go and buy something mm. in the meanwhile somewhere else and pay mm. up for it." Mm. Mm. Interesting. No, I know it's a, it's a, it, it's a worry, and your your other story is is you are, you have seen because of the tapering story and uh, the bond market, U.S. interest rates are up. You're in a you're in you know that was a ten ten percent correction in the bond market last week. Yeah, you know we, we don't even discuss that. Ten percent is a big. If we saw ten percent in equity markets, we'd go flip. <laughs> so uh, you know and. Um, so, so it was a big move, and I, I, I would be, I would be short of bonds. I don't think, you know, that sixty forty. If you're going to go into uh, fixed interest, or you're going to use the, you know, the the, the famous sixty forty uh, asset allocation, that forty, I don't know where you're going to put it, but I wouldn't put it in long bonds. You can put it on cash at zero percent, but um, I think that, 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 you know, the high end of the market, I'm with you. I'd, I'd be very nervous of where it goes to. The South African ten-year um, bond is really quite disturbing. It's nearly nine point three zero percent, and uh, it wasn't that long ago. It was eight point eight zero percent. Yeah, that's a half a percent yeah. move. And the next move in interest rates in South Africa is definitely, definitely to the upside, especially yeah, with yeah. the rand I, just above fifteen against the dollar, which mm. is a big move. You know, I, it, it it is a big move. There, you know, which is the dollar getting stronger? Yes, uh, because of this, because rates are going up. So it will attract more money into uh, into U.S. Treasuries and that. But you know, I look at it from a different point of view. In fact, I was talking to Bronwyn earlier on in the day, yes. and I said, you know, I'm an accountant. I'm not a. I'm an observer. I'm not an economist. I can't sit with spreadsheets and and have all economic models. And I try to think about the sensibility of doing of raising rates. I'm saying, you know, our economy is actually a pretty weak economy. If you listen to the Reserve Bank last week on Thursday. Uh, the governor said, look, we've raised uh, growth to 5.3 in uh, this year, but we've lowered it for the next two years. You know, growth for the next two years is going to be below 2%, like 1.7, I don't know, in, the, in that region, which is pretty low. 
you know, we're going back to where we were in 2019, just uh, an economy that's just doing nothing. And this is an economy that needs growth. So I'm saying, why do you want to raise interest rates? You know, why, why would you, against growth of 2%, why would you ever think of raising interest rates because uh, in this economy? It's not their you know, job to sort out growth. It's the government's job yeah, to sort no, out growth through, <laughs> through fiscal policies rather than the monetary policy of you, the South African Reserve Bank. That's what it is. It says, listen, I've got to keep inflation under control that, and I've got to look after the RAND. So this is what I have to do. You guys get on with uh, mm. creating jobs for the tens of millions or the many, many millions of, of poor South Africans who haven't got a job. Well, they're not going to do that. So I'm saying, so, so all the Reserve Bank's going to do is weaken, you know, weaken the outlook. So I, 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 from my point of view, there's absolutely no sense in raising rates. I know the academic side is watch inflation. Inflation hasn't run away. You know, the RAND will create a little bit, perhaps. But we're not finding uh, demand push here. People aren't going out and pushing up prices. You know, we're importing a higher oil price and so on, but it's not, you know, it's not, uh, it's not something that, that, that we can control. Anyway, I, that's my view. I'm saying this is, this is insane. Uh, anyway, but uh, I'm not the economist. I'm, I'm, no, I just not. sit you're here the and watch. I'm the accountant. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, <laughs> so I'm looking at a couple of. Uh, I'm just looking at this sort of a split decision on the JSC, and now we don't need to go mm. into the details. But you suddenly see Sassel up six uh, mm. percent, yeah. Harmony up six yeah. percent. Uh, on the mm. downside, you got Shoprite and Spa and Clicks uh, getting getting a little bit of stick there. And it's just like the old days with the Rand weekend. So you buy the stuff that um, mm. is, is a Rand hedge. And, yep. and yeah. the domestic stock's not doing so well. It's quite a big move for ShopRite, mm. 5%, I would say. Yeah. Widely yeah, held I, stock. I, I, look, some of those might be ex-dividend. Uh, yeah, check. Might, they may be check. going in there. Yeah. But uh, um, I'm not 100% sure. Let me just get into You're probably uh, right. I that, get that wrong. Yeah. I must get yeah. myself a proper screen. ShopRite, 29.9. Listen, we're 27.9, but I think this is... Uh, X dividend 353, but it's gone way, but way above the dividend. Mm. So there's a seller well, well above the dividend. So okay. I might not be 100% right. You know, it could be that reason. Uh, Clicks, I think, is uh, responding probably to uh, the CEO resigning and taking up a job in South Africa. I, Australia. I, I, I've got issues. Of, uh, Australia, sorry. You know, Lindsay, I've got issues about this. What? I think we tend to brush this aside about CEOs leaving. You know, especially those with, with what you call um, corporate memory. Mm-hmm. In other words, those who have been brought up in the company. Um, you know, when they leave, they leave with a lot of intellectual property, which is embedded in their knowledge of the company. You know what I mean? Yes. When you lose a person who's been at the mo- who's been at a company for ten, fifteen odd years, you know, there's a lot that he knows about the business that goes with him. And uh, I know we replace that person with someone else, but the more people like that you lose, I think the more it actually weakens the the underlying business. So change is change mm. change isn't change. Markets don't like a change, and this is change that was mm. quite recent. I mean, was it only about a year that this chap 
was appointed in... It's three years, actually, which seems a lot longer than I thought, yeah. Me too, yeah. Yeah, That was uh, replacing David Neal, who did such Mm, a good mm, job. mm, Mm. But I'm saying, yes, they've got a new lady who's going to be appointed there. Mm. She's been there for so many years and so on. But I'm saying, still, you've lost David Neal. You've now lost this gentleman. Mm. And, um, you know, to me, it's, it's a concern. Because it's hard to pick up those reins. You know, it's very good to be a number two. It's, it's very easy to be a number two. It doesn't mean that you'll be a good number one. So if you found somebody who's been in a certain, you know, done well under the, uh, you know, it's like vice captains or, or sometimes the best player on the field might not, you know, you don't make him captain. He's a great player, but he might not be able to lead. So I'm very conscious of big changes like that. And I'm not, look, it's worked in ShopRite, uh, Peter Edelman. Breath is doing great. You know, he's, he's, I'm not going to challenge him. It's worked well there. But, 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 you know, when you start to lose people who've been there a long time, um, I, I, you've got, you, you know, you've got to watch. We've had it in Vestec, we've had it in Bitvest, we've had it in, uh, now Clicks, you know, all along the line, you, all these people that go, Lindsay Ralphs had been there for, uh, 25, 30 years he'd been with Joffy at Bidvest. Yes. And, you know, a chap like that goes, yes, you've got somebody who's very competent. I'm not challenging that person, but, but I'm, I, oh, I always watch and I say, just don't be too hasty to act. Watch how they, watch what happens to the business, whether it can sustain that. Tell me something. Um, how many jobs have you had? I mean, you've been in the financial services Nine. industry for decades. You could probably uh, count on one hand. I've had one job, yeah. No, well, but I you did mean... articles which weren't counted. No, know, I'm talking about different so... firms, though, David. No, I, well, I've only been at fundamentally one. What happened is that uh, I worked for, you know, um, we kind of merged, and I was with Tate. We were bought out by Socgen, Société Générale, and then they split the firm. And then they decided, like Napoleon, they they put their tail between their legs and they left Moscow, so... Sokjin left South Africa and I was at, I, I joined BJM and Corp Cap for my sins for a very short time and then went back to my original job, you know, original firm. Okay. So effectively I've had, I've been in one firm for about uh, nearly 50 years. I've been working for, uh, no, for about 47, 48 years and then Blimey. the others for about, yeah, for one or two years. Hmm. Look at you, Mr. Loyalty. Fantastic. Okay. Um, yeah, you know what? You know what the problem with 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 today is that uh, barriers to entry are very very high. Yes. And you're going to laugh at me. You know why? Go because on. Fika. Oh. If I load an account, if I load account, it takes such an effort to get that account loaded, particularly when you're dealing offshore. And I'm not saying I'm unhappy. You know, please don't read wrong into this. But what I'm trying to say is that I am immobile, and many of us are, because we can't take our clients with us if we decide we want to move somewhere else or someone's going to pay us higher and give us a, you know, whatever, like mm-hmm. soccer players. For, um, we can't do that because if I'm going to a trust or any business can take weeks to load if, you, if you're loading it with an offshore account, if you're going to a Swiss bank or anything, it takes a huge amount of time as they check your, uh, you know, the credentials. And, and it's stuff. not just you. It's so, the client that gets, uh, uh, it gets hacked off about it. Total, total, total. So if I say I'm going to join, uh, I'm going to join my mate Nick at Sunla, 
and I'm going to bring my forget it. Those clients are going to say, if you think I'm going to fill out all those forms again, <laughs> and if you think I'm going to go through that due diligence again, you can forget it. I don't care who manages my account at SASFA. It could be the tea lady or the driver. I'm staying there. Well, they probably do that, just that as good job it. anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it is a, it's a, it's a massive barrier. You know, compliance today just, is is you know try your bank account designer it's, just, it's, it's, it's the same with football david and i'm talking about managers yes. now i mean we'll come to football as mm, we always mm. do on a monday a rolling stone gathers no moss i'm very very pleased that barcelona haven't yet sacked ronald kuman uh, the dutchman um they haven't lost a game this season they're okay they're sixth in the table but uh, they're they're getting there with all their injuries and i'm very very glad that arsenal haven't sacked arteta yeah. because yeah. although we've said yeah. some nasty things about him he, he deserves to be there a little bit longer. He's got a really yeah. good um, training under yeah. the under the wing of Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. So give him a mm. chance, but you can't keep on chopping and changing. It disrupts the the dressing room, I think. Yeah, mm. yeah. I uh, look, give him a chance. I'm not saying I. I think those first three games were shocking, but Awful. yesterday, mm. uh, every it came right. They've got to maintain it, and that's the whole thing. They've just got to be consistent. And, and be able to produce this kind of football week after week, yes. you know, and he's got a plan and I think he's got, you know, you know what I loved? I was just by sheer chance. I got onto, I don't know what they call it. It's like one of these fan, um, fan sites, you know, where they go through and they people who are gather around the stadium or rather outside yeah. and they talk with passion about their clubs. And when you see how much, you know, I, I wish I had that kind of passion. That, uh, that these chaps have got for their team and how they love their football, how, how it's just so much part of their life. I was just, and they were discussing the whole team. I was watching, you know, Arsenal versus uh, Spurs. I was watching how they commented on, on each player. And it was just, you know, it just warms you that, that these chaps can have. And, and I know are they probably workmen. Now, you know, I don't think they're uh, investment bankers or anything, but their knowledge of the game and just their sheer involvement and passion and the accent, their humor, just wonderful to watch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was more entertaining than the game, you know, to go through the talking the about Talking player. about that, I mean, that's one thing I do miss is going, uh, particularly, mm, uh, mm. particularly going uh, to, to an away match and standing with, mm. with your own team's fans. Yeah. And you're obviously hugely outnumbered. But there was a, there was a game. It was um, it was Man City against Arsenal, and, and Man City beat you lot five nil. And mm. um, uh, the the Arsenal fans, in a, in in very very stark <laughs> self self deprecating fashion, they sang. Uh, <laughs> they were singing to the City fans. You're not special. We lose every week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even the city fans clap them for being so so humorous. Yeah. Yeah, it was very good. Um, okay, City beat Chelsea one 0 which is fantastic. That was a complete masterclass yeah. from Man City. Man United. Yeah. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer look, looks a bit nervous. They lost at home to Aston Villa. Fantastic. I love that that penalty. So did you know I. after last week the West Ham. I mean, where yes. a penalty was saved. That you know next week it goes the other way. <laughs> 
<laughs> What's the name? Converted. <laughs> Bernard Fernandez. He converted. I mean, he could have played for the box. Yeah, the bloke, the bloke, <laughs> said, uh, bloke said at the end of the game, the, the commentator <laughs> said, the ball still hasn't come down. <laughs> Such a crap. Isn't it crazy that, mm. that someone with that high level who plays international soccer, who's, mm. who's regarded as one of the best strikers around at the moment, mm can just boob like that whether he slipped i don't know no, he didn't slip. you know lost his composure just what happened i don't know did you see ronaldo's hey, where face was ronaldo? Yeah. He, well, ronaldo, no, you he see no he never misses and uh, what's his name um uh, fernandez uh, um, yeah. picked up the ball immediately and, and sort of hugged it like it was his child or something and uh, you can see ronaldo's now. face said okay you go and do it but when he walked off Oh, my goodness me, there would have been some words, I think, said in the dressing room. Hmm. Anyway, David, thank you very much for your um, okay. for your time, uh, as always, on a Monday. That's David Shapiro from Assassin Securities, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.